0: Well, they're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent to them. Amen. All we represent to them, man, is somebody who needs a haircut. Oh no. What you represent to them is freedom. What the hell's wrong with freedom, Man, That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about. Just what is it that you want to do? We want to be free to ride. We want to be free to ride on machines without being hassled by the man.
1: All right, welcome everybody to Chopper Prophets. Um, this week, we are moving into the clothing realm of the chopper culture, and um, tonight I have with me uh, Jason Welcher. Hello. Is, is that how you say your last name? Yeah, Welcher. Welcher. Awesome. I wasn't sure if it was... It, I was going to pronounce it how it sounded, and it, <laughs> or how it looked like it should be sounded <laughs> out. Yeah, it's easy. Awesome. Well, um, Jason, you have a, just a little clothing company uh, called To Die For Clothing. And uh, you can visit them at todiforclothing.com um, and check out their artwork and their, their tees and even read up a little bit on uh, on the history of the company. But since we have you in studio,
0: we're going to ask you. So um, tell us a little bit about to die for Clothing. Uh, well, For was a company that uh, I didn't intend on starting. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, how it started was I made band merchandise for my own band at the time that I was playing in. And uh, how it all evolved was I started playing these shows and I wanted to make merchandise and I looked into making merchandise and it was just extremely expensive. <laughs> right. Um. So I ventured into finding out, you know, because I played in a hardcore band and we had like these punk rock ideals that I, I said to myself, I'm going to start making my own stuff and whatever it takes, it takes. Mm-hmm. So... I started looking into it, and before I know it, I'm starting to, you know, with the little small amount of money that I was making, uh, working a day job, I just started putting it into making, um, you know, building a press and and getting the dryer and getting everything that I needed to make merchandise. And then once I started making the merchandise for my own band, I uh, started making other people's merchandise for bands that we were playing with. And then it just kind of snowballed into from working with bands to working with clothing brands. So, hmm. you know, in the early stages, i I had actually worked at a screen printing um, a screen printing place that I actually kind of worked at just to learn some tips and pointers for things that I wasn't doing. Mm-hmm. And that just helped me better my business that I was doing on the side. And I, I eventually, just grew it and grew it and started meeting all the right people and being at the right place at the right time. And then it just worked my into my favor to where I was starting to do these clothing brands, huge clothing brands in Orange County. Hmm. And uh, that, I just started kind of seeing how everybody treated and how everybody worked and, and, and treated one another and how everyone worked and designed and made the things that I was actually printing. And I said, I could do this myself, hmm. you know, and so... At the time, I only started making t-shirts almost like as just business cards that people wore right. and just made them to give away as freebies. And uh, so some of my bands that I was making merchandise for or some of the people doing production for some of these clothing brands could wear. Mm-hmm. And I just started getting all this great feedback. And, and with all the bands touring, I just started getting emails from all over the country and um, International, domestic, like just everything. Just everybody was starting to just attach themselves to like what is this, you know? Because the stuff we were making was tattoo esque because you know we we had a ton of friends that were tattoo artists and Mm -hmm. and had tattoos. So I went like this traditional American route where I was making everything like look like that, and that's what I wanted that kind of flavor on um, our clothing. And, uh, and it that just,
1: was, that was specific to, to die for, uh, yeah. the, to die for brand. Yeah. And Th- I did that carry over into the band's clothing or they had their own art and their they had their stuff? own
0: art that they brought to us. We would design some stuff every now and then. And I feel like as we were growing the brand, mm-hmm. we, we weren't really focusing on growing it. It just kind of naturally happened. But yeah, as we grew it, it started becoming this thing like, Hey, I want to make a to die for, you know, yeah. uh, throw down t-shirt. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay, cool. That sounds amazing. Oh, what do you <laughs> want us to do? Well, I want you guys to design it and basically put your name on it and have Throwdown's name on it as well. And I was like, Phew, all right, well, sounds amazing. You know, and yeah. we just went at it and built it and put it out and, you know, it was selling and selling and selling. And then before I know it, I'm getting emails from their fans and, you know, all across the country and all across the world. Right. <laughs> like, Hey, how do I get this t-shirt, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, this is crazy. I mean, this is like early days of the internet. So this yeah. was just bizarre for us to get emails from all over the world. And, and you know, these guys were traveling and touring Australia, Japan, Europe like pretty pretty often on like record cycles. So
1: That's awesome. Um you mentioned um very early on to the answer this question, you mentioned that you were in a band. What was the name of your band?
0: Uh, well, I played in a bunch of bands uh, that never really did a ton. Mm-hmm. Um we mostly just stayed within the LA, San Diego, Orange County, Inland Empire areas. But um the one band that I joined when I just got out of high school in uh ninety ninety five, uh I joined this band called Process that already had a drummer. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the most successful band that I played in because they were touring pretty often and their drummer couldn't tour any longer and so i took his place okay and to be right out of high school like 96 and go on tour and do all of the united states and canada yeah uh, for like two months straight and and have like a a guy that was actually uh putting my drum set together and breaking it down at the end of night where (laughs) i I just had to play (laughs) yeah i felt like i was the i was rock star you know i felt like i'd already gotten to where people had worked all these years and i mean i played in all these hardcore and punk bands like pre pro, you know pre playing in process yeah but um other than that there's this I, I did this successful band that was pretty you know popular in the within the area called rebel fever that was kind mm-hmm. of like a dance rock band that we played bars and just re- it went over really really well it was kind of like the faint sounding okay. band and yeah. that band i had a lot of fun because we always had something that we were doing on stage dress wise you mm-hmm. know we always had like a theme yeah yeah so we took it another level instead of just playing music just to play music. We took it like, hey, let's make it like a whole stage. Put a show on. Yeah, yeah. let's make it, you know, and people just, they never got tired of us. They kept coming to our shows, and we would sell out, and we got paid. Real- I mean, I probably made more money in that band just playing locally <laughs> yeah. than I played in two months going on tour, but... yeah the trade-off is like, I got to see the world, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was that this, bonus. Yeah. And I had a roadie that put my stuff together. So I just was like, whatever, you know, I mean, I was yeah. only working at like Taco Bell or something at the time. and <laughs> So I, I was like, ah, you know, they'll let me take off for two months and I can go on tour. Like, yeah, whatever, you know, as long as I get to eat and yeah. play music, that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I'm sure that was all taken care of for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. Um, so, to die for clothing comes up as um, this idea, and you start, you know, printing shirts uh, mm-hmm. for bands and for your band, rather, and then um, other bands catch on. And then that was a, around
0: what time frame? Um, well, I started doing this uh, out of high school. So, probably around the time when I was doing process, I started doing everything. And we, you know, we put the year of 1997 on all of our mm-hmm. clothing because that's when I feel like I first started making merchandise and really taking it the next level because I was out of high school. I didn't have anything to really do other than focus on my day job and then what I wanted to do as a career. So yeah. I did that. And, and in 2000, yeah, year 2000 is when I actually physically went into business and actually had like an, an actual business license, mm-hmm. a resale license and the whole get up. And, um, and then it was shortly a year or two after that when my brother came on board and he's our artist he goes by the artist name is, uh uh of Def, okay. d e p h and um he and i are like best friends as as well That's as awesome. brothers but um you know we grew up doing everything so we it just only made sense after a while to bring him on but he is the artistic side of Tadai for mm-hmm. and he pretty much i do more of the business meet and greet marketing talk you know, the face of the company, and he's kind of more behind the scenes doing the art, making things come to life, and yeah. just making them look beautiful, and picking colors, and choosing things, and doing things that I I could do, but I just don't choose to do, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know? Well, you're definitely good at being the, the front of To Die For.
0: Oh, thanks, thanks. Um, I mean, it, I asked him, I was like... like, hey, do you want to come to this podcast interview tonight? I I don't want to... F- feel like I'm leaving you out and he's like no 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 please I'm washing my hair you do you do your you do your thing because you do it best I'm just gonna come in there and just uh make things confusing yeah no it's I I would have totally been down for that would have been awesome I actually have
1: another mic stand um for those of you who don't know we run this out of my beautiful studio in Orange California which is uh slash my garage because well that's just the way you have to do things
0: yeah that's that's how I mean I started out of the garage as well man I mean I took one side of the car gra- two car garage, and did my things. And every now and then, when I need a little more space, we moved out the other car. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, that's usually what I end up doing if I have to work on something. Everything goes out of the garage. Yep,
0: yep, yep. <laughs> that's the what the kids... driveways for. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Kick the kids' toys out of the way. <laughs> well, let's um, let's shift gears a little bit. We we've learned a little bit about uh, to die for and the brand and and kind of how you got started. But let's talk about you. Um, growing up what was your what was your childhood like and you're
0: welcome to go back as far as you want okay it's up to you but uh i had a great life uh growing up my parents have always been 110% supportive of anything that my you know def or i have done um together we we grew up um my parents uh both rode harleys my mom rode a, a sportster my dad had a a, a soft tail and um you know my dad had a show bike that he built from the ground up and um I mean, it's beautiful, but, you know, my parents hit some hard times and they had to sell those bikes off Mm -hmm. um, to to save the house and save some things. So, you know, my parents are very, very humble and they're very, um, you know, they they live within their means. Um, You know, when times were good and my dad and my mom were making really, really good money. Um, we were never spoiled. We never had the house that was too big for, four for, for, four people in a, in right. a house. Like we've always lived in the same house. My, actually, my, fa- my, my parents still live in the same house in um, in Grand Terrace, California, which is pretty much in between San Bernardino and Riverside mm-hmm. County. So they live in the same house, um, that we lived in as kids mm-hmm. today. And, you know, um, Yeah, we we grew up playing sports. Um, My parents didn't, you know, give us everything. They Mm -hmm. just, they treated us like, um, you know, just like, you know, we're their kids and they did everything they could to possibly give us the best life that we could give. But at the same time, we were well behaved and and, and paid respect back to them by getting good grades in school. And, uh, you know, I think that... You know one of the biggest um things that that hit me when i was in in high school was um well for both both deaf and I was we got really involved in um in hardcore music and uh and we both like found out about straight edge and um mm-hmm. so both of us are straight edge to this day and we got really involved in that i mean we were our life was going to shows and 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 seeing every band we could possibly see and um but outside of music i mean my my parents um well actually inside music is my my parents you know growing up gave us everything but you know again we just were always um, rewarded with things as we did really well in school and mm-hmm. and we we played year round sports and um my parents wanted us to be like the next you know big rock stars and and pay the the bills and 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 do things cuz my dad grew up playing the drums okay and i still play drums to this day and, uh, my brother, you know, my, my parents bought my brother guitar. He played in a couple bands and did some little things here and there, and he doesn't really play much anymore, but, um, yeah, I mean, they, they wanted us to, you know, just be successful and, and they tried to give us the best the tools that they could possibly give us without, um, spoiling us. But as well as they kind of just engraved it in our heads, like, Hey, you know, if you're going to be good at this, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues. You gotta, you gotta really get in there and you gotta practice and, and you work gotta, hard yeah because yeah. obviously you get things out of you know working hard and right you know putting in the hours but um i think the only thing that really crushed all those things was skateboarding because yeah. um growing up we were huge fans of the bones brigade and and my yeah. my brother wanted to be like steve caballero and i wanted to yeah. be tony hawk and um we skateboarded every single day when we got home and you know the drums and the guitar came last so we really really just did everything we could possibly do to skate every single day and (laughs) yeah hurt ourselves and do whatever we got to do to like become pro or amateur or have one of our own signature models at at some point you know yeah but that that never even really happened either because i mean i feel like we just were add we're all across the board (laughs) once we found something new after a couple years we went off and tried to do that which which now is to die for yeah (laughs) No, that's awesome. I think um,
1: I think you probably just connected with about, I don't know, 100% of the people out there. Yeah. You know, everyone grew up uh, <laughs> riding bikes or, you know, skateboarding or, I mean, that was, that's when I look back over my childhood, I remember that. Yeah. It was like everything I could do to get on my bike and get out and go yeah. ride. Yeah, for sure. Go try to kill myself on jumps.
0: I feel like... Um you know, for where we were and where how we grew up, and I'm very, very thankful because of where we're at today because it all has to do with things that we're doing today, mm-hmm. like I feel like we put all of those elements and things that we've learned and you know through skateboarding and the art of skateboarding and artwork on skateboards and the music that we got in touch with you know I mean growing up, we listened to classic rock, and my parents showed us Led Zeppelin and the mm-hmm. Beatles and uh Van Halen, and we we listen to those bands, and we still do to this day. But in came this other part of you know music, which is hardcore and punk, and you know we kind of went off on that. And we you know my brother kind of tippy-toed into like hip hop. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I feel like it's just like we were talking about earlier. It's like this giant melting pot of just music and things that all have identities. But at the end of the day, it's like not everybody likes one thing anymore. Yeah. It's like they all like a. a a, a melting pot of many things, you know, yeah. that have to do with one another. So I, I think that we're very fortunate of that. I think the only thing I could look back on and regret is the days that my dad was kind of trying to show us how to work on the cars and work on a motorcycle. And like, we never sat there and paid attention yeah. because the skateboard was more important. You know? <laughs> That's okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, Who did, you know? Yeah. Who did? Who? Yeah. Okay, dad, let's, let's learn how this, this works today. You it, know,
1: it usually goes something like this, son, hand me that tool. Which one? The <laughs> wrench. What's a wrench, Dad? Yeah, yep. Son, hand me that. What's that? I don't know. I knew what a
0: screwdriver was, and a flathead, or a, or a Phillips. I knew know? what a knucklehead was. That's, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's what I get called when I don't deliver the right tool. No, I'm kidding.
0: A hey, knucklehead.
1: <laughs> um. So you, you said you were you grew up in kind of San Bernardino, uh, edge of San Bernardino, Riverside. Yeah. What was um What was a typical summer day like for you? I mean, other other than what you mentioned, skateboarding and. Mm-hmm and um playing sports and stuff
0: like that um just going out i don't know how but i don't think i ever wore sunblock back then where i wear sunblock religiously today but um um yeah i just went out and every day i was in the sun and skateboarding and just working up a sweat and just um trying to find the next curb half pipe ramp drain pool whatever we got to do um getting the friends together and then just really just making a day out of everything and um um I think along with all of that is a lot of trouble came along cuz we 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 didn't live in the best neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up we had a couple shootings and killings on on actual high school grounds when I, mm-hmm. you know, both uh Def and I graduated from Colton High School and you know, the four years I was there, I want to say I think four people died actually. Wow. Cause it was, it was super, it was gang territory. There was a gang on every single, um, on every single direction of Colton. Hmm. And, uh, that was actually rewarding for me in a sense, because I not only made a lot of friends with a lot of these different gangs and and different people, I learned a lot from them. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I never hung out with them outside of school because they did what they do when they got home. But, um. I just learned everything, and I I feel, again, that just brought a lot of elements into what we're doing today. I mean, with Def and, like, his graffiti and his lettering Mm -hmm. and the things that he's doing today, I feel like a lot of that stemmed from high school and us Mm -hmm. seeing all the different types of graffiti and tagging. And, um, I mean, he tagged in, in, in high school as well, and he got to know a lot of these gangs just because he tagged and he hung out with a lot of these guys and still this day still does hang out and keep in touch with some of these guys. I mean, they're not gangsters any longer, but, um, it's just the whole lifestyle. I feel like it all encompassed who we are. And, um, we, we had a lot of trouble out on the streets trying to skateboard sometimes because we had like other gangs that were coming in from different territories that would come into, I guess the neighborhoods that are a little bit more upper scale, if you wanted to call where we grew up a little mm-hmm. more upper scale, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they didn't like the way you looked at them or, you know, they wanted something that you had, you know, whether it be a piece of clothing or a, your skateboard, or they wanted to take something or just kind of stir up the pot a bit, yeah, they were going to do it, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of like living on the edge a little bit. And, um, but I like that, you know, I, I feel like that helped us grow up tough. We didn't just have everything handed to us and given yeah, to us. Yeah. And it wasn't just all easy and, you know, you know easy street <laughs> well it's um so i guess building on that what uh
1: at what point did straight edge enter uh for you enter the scene or, or enter i guess present itself to you and at what point did you decide i want to take this on i mean into your melting pot i want to i want to take this identity mm-hmm. on and, and kind of stand for that
0: i uh, say about f- sophomore Junior or high school, I, mm-hmm. I found out and I started going to shows and I found out about hardcore music and then along came straight edge and it wasn't for if it wasn't for one of our friends that was my age is older brother, kind of showing us mm-hmm. and our group of friends like what straight edge and hardcore music was and what bands to listen to. I feel like I probably wouldn't know about a lot of those bands today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot of bands that I feel like people that are hardcore or they're into hardcore or straight edge today probably don't even know about. They're just so like, I mean, they put out one seven inch, three songs and they're yeah. just that epic seven inch, but they just never progressed or never took the band to another level to where like some, they would be known about or even toured and mm-hmm. played with uh, many like big bands to even be known about. But, uh, yeah, just, um, Living that lifestyle, I felt like it, there was a lot of us in high school and that was the trip about – there was like this giant um, group of us in, at lunch that would hang out and that that group of at lunch would encompass punks, skaters, gangsters, stoners. Uh, we had every type of element. Um, we had like jocks, mm-hmm. just everything and I felt like – straight edge and just the acceptance level about being straight edge Mm -hmm. helped us hang out and and be a part of everyone's life even though we don't do or think the same when it comes to like drinking and doing drugs or doing anything that wasn't straight edge but um nowadays I, i i mean i'm still straight edge to this day and so is deaf but you know i don't i don't Go out of my way to let people know I'm straight edge. I, yeah. Straight edge is, is personal for me. I I feel like you know there are people who are still straight edge this day, which is great. Some people have kind of fell off and done different things, but I don't look at anyone differently because of how they live their lifestyle. I mean, it's just the same thing for me for like religion. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone wants to be Christian, that's awesome. Like I I so be it. You know, right. Um, and you know, I I know there's a lot of things that cross over, but I mean, as long as no one's like breathing down your neck and kind of telling you like, this is how it is or, or yeah. else I have no problems. I think all of us can get along and, yeah, yeah. and, and be people at the, at the end of the day. Right. And sure. be humans. <laughs> That's the hope at least. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> um, well, you know, I always like to, to bring this question in and this is especially going to be, I'm really interested to see how you answer this uh, <laughs> just based on what you've, uh, told me about your past and, mm-hmm. and where you're at today. Um, it's kind of a, I guess, a tough question to answer for some people, um, but in your life to date, what's the worst thing that you've had to experience?
0: Um, I think being a business owner, the ups and downs of being in business, mm-hmm. um, there's obviously some high points and those points. Um, I feel maybe five, seven years ago, I, I would have, you know, now looking back at them, I would have done things differently. Mm-hmm but when times were really really good i i feel like we just really took advantage of those things and looked around us and saw what other clothing brands were doing and said hey you know if so and so can do this why can't we yeah and it's all about just uh and and, and making those mistakes i feel like um is just living without living uh, you know living outside of your means right um spending money in avenues and doing things that are just not gonna help you progress as <laughs> as a person yeah. uh personally out um in or outside of work. Um so you know the ups and downs of being in business is like I feel like there's a lot when you when you're as dedicated as, as I am or deaf is it takes a lot to um to be in a relationship, first of all. Um <clears throat> you know as we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. uh before we started the podcast is that you know being in a punk band and having a band and being so dedicated and devoting all the time, it can really suck a lot of energy and time away from other things like family, mm-hmm. um, people you love, and, and building things outside that will will be there when the band is done or the brand is done. You right. know what I mean? Right. And um, I feel like there's been some things that in my life that I've really just wa- washed away because of I, I have a clothing brand. Um, do I regret it? No do have I learned from it? Yes. You mm-hmm. know, I, I always feel like, you know, if you're not learning, then you shouldn't be living. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's just it. You got to learn sure. every single day of your life of what you do next time something like this happens. Yeah. Um, and that's just it. So, uh, relationships that I, I gave up and, uh, things that I just really sacrificed and just being a workaholic mm-hmm. and just the, the times of being ups and downs of just, um, you know, living outside of my means and just buying things that are unnecessary and doing the things that I felt at the time were great, and then yeah. looking back at them now and going, you know what? Yeah, I would not do that ever again. Yeah, you know. But I learned, you know. That's but just
1: you it. sold the Ferrari, and you're good.
0: <laughs> no, the Lamborghini, man. Come on. Uh, you know, I was Come gonna, gonna <laughs> say Lamborghini, and I thought, no, maybe,
1: maybe he's more of a Ferrari guy. <laughs> Ferrari guy.
0: Oh, Porsche. Porsche guy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's more of a Boxster guy. <laughs> Boxster. Boxer. Boxer. <laughs> it's late uh, here, yeah, right? Yeah, it is late. <laughs> um on I won't hold it against you. <laughs> on the on the converse, inverse. On the other side of that <laughs> mirror, um, what would be what would you think would be the best experience that you've had in your life?
0: Huh. I was thinking about that along the way and or on the way to um to this interview and uh the one thing I kept coming back to is that I feel like the relationships, um, friends, and artists, and the musicians, and the the people I've learned uh, I've learned to know and 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 have amazing friendships with, and and hang out outside of work and mm-hmm. and and within work, have all been rewarding enough to make this all worth it. Um, I've met a lot of amazing people along your along the way, including yourself. Like just. Doing the smallest to the hugest things, you know, it could be an event, could be, um, just running into somebody in a store that, you know, talking about tattoos and, you know, it's just, I just at the coffee shop last week, I met a guy, um, that works at Fender and he mm. reached out to me on text message day and invited me to go do a tour of the museum that no one really gets to do. And I'm just like, what? That's when, awesome. when does this happen? You know <laughs> what I mean? And I wrote my brother a text. I was like, dude, I met a dude from Fender, you know, just getting coffee. Yeah. And, um, he's like, what? And, you know, he pl- he's played a Fender his whole life. So he was just fired up. And I, I mean, I can't wait to tell my father about this yeah. story, but, um, I, uh, that's just it, man. The smallest things. I mean, it could be and I don't even know, I think we have mutual friends and and he has tattoos and I have tattoos, and that's how we start mm-hmm. started talking and just ended up at a coffee shop at the same time hmm. um but it's just all about the relationships i've 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 i mean i feel i've i value that more than you know money that I could make mm-hmm. profits sales um designs, just any, all that stuff at the end of the day is not as, a, as value to me as like friendships and, and relationships that I'm going to have. Because, you know, when you're old and gray and, you know, you know, whatever, it's like, you're going to look back on memories. And I, uh, I went to dinner with a, a, an old friend of mine that, um, just moved away named Brent Van. Mm-hmm. He owns a tattoo shop in, uh, in Redlands called Tattoo Revolution. Mm-hmm. And, uh, He's an old friend of mine and, you know, we were talking and catching up over dinner and he's like, you know what, man, it's all about the memories. And I was like, you know, you're right. He's like, you know, because at the end of the day, how big your TV is and how big your house is and what you drive, none of that, no one's going to look back on that Mm -hmm. and say, yeah, you know what, man, I remember Mike and I remember... His his Lamborghini, you know? <laughs> the <laughs> or, one I sold. Of yeah, course. the one you sold. I had to buy the studio. Or I think he, I think he hit it under, uh, hit it in the back, <laughs> the back before I got here or something. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> don't tell anyone. <laughs> but you know, it's no one's gonna remember those things. You yeah. know what I mean? It's all gonna be like, you know what, man? I remember Mike. He was like the nicest guy and greeted me with an open arm and. Open Arms and just, you know, was the nicest and had me on this podcast. And, you know, it's just all about those things, you know? And he told me a bunch of stories because he's an old musician that used to tour a bunch too. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he toured with a lot of big bands like Green Day and stuff that he had stories for days. And yeah. it was just like, what? Like, this happened? R- really? You can't
1: buy those stories. Literally. Totally.
0: No, no. And I mean, he was telling them to me and I'm blown away. And yeah. I'm just like freaking out because I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, that wasn't too long ago, yeah. you know? But time flies, and, uh, you know, I feel like, again, it's just I'm very thankful to have all those people in my life that um, even a, a supportive family, uh, my mom and dad have just, I mean, still to this day, they're together, married, happ- happily married. Um, They still, they go to car shows, they have an old car, an old Mustang um, that they restored and, and built up, and again, they don't have the Harleys anymore that they sold off, but mm-hmm. neither of them ride, but still to this day, it's like my dad's a truck driver. He's always been a truck driver. I grew up basically in a diesel truck getting my diapers <laughs> changed. Awesome. Uh, my mom is in the medical industry and um she still is to this day. And so they're creatures of habit and they love their sons and we love our parents. And, and we, you know, just over Easter having dinner is just like talking and catching up is just all about just the experiences and getting our dogs together to play and hang out and talking about what I did last week or even just yesterday, you know, mm-hmm. like my brother had an art show the day before and my brother had failed to show them the art piece that he had made. And they were like pissed off because, <laughs> you know, he didn't show them and I had to show them. And it's like, those are just things that my brother just, as an artist just forgets to do yeah. like, Hey, I don't, and I forgot to show mom and dad the piece I did last night for a group show. And he's I'm more, like,
1: he's more stoked to create it. Yeah. Than and then once it. it's
0: on the wall, he forgets anything yeah. that comes along with it, you know, selling it, putting a name, a title with it. He just, it's done. It just goes on the wall. And so that's me that goes, Hey, look, look what Def did. And he's, yeah. and they're like, Wow, what? We never saw this. How come we didn't get invited? <laughs> you know? And they're like offended if they don't yeah. get invited. Cause they're so supportive about everything, you know. Yeah. I think one of the the things that I've been seeing a lot lately with our clothing company is support the supportive because um, Mm -hmm. I feel like we've gotten so much support over the years by the same customers and the new customers that have come along. And then, you know, in return, I feel like I've always supported them Mm -hmm. by some way or some shape or form hanging out with them or supported them by, you know, just doing as what I can to maybe even giving them a discount Mm -hmm. or because they've been customers of ours for so long. So I feel like we've really given back and really paid attention to a lot of the customers and become friends with them other mm-hmm. than just, Hey, they're just a customer or a fan of the brand, you know? Yeah. So I always say like, Hey man, you got to support the support it's like, just means so much more, you know, that's
1: pretty much, <laughs> like, I mean some- that sums up a lot of what chopper culture is about or chopper profits. Uh-huh. You know, it's like if you're, if you spend any time on Instagram at all, you'll see, um, a lot of people supporting local business, you know, and, and what I think that's kind of turned into, cause it used to mean like, you know, support your mom and pop shop down the street, yeah, right? Yeah. but it's turned into more of this global, like, Hey, some support small business. Yeah. Like whether it's local, I mean, there's or a whole not.
0: special day to it, you know, support the small business day, you know? There... And yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that. yeah. Like, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think it was like. I think the Saturday after Christmas, it's Hmm. supports small business Saturday, if I remember right. I mean, it's literally only like a year or two old. I mean, that's why I can't even think of how um, how uh, or what day it's on. But right, yeah, I mean, I was like, that's really special, you know. That's kind of that's it's different and unique. But it definitely makes sense, you know yeah. what I mean? Because people forget that element of life.
1: <laughs> they forget that there's people struggling out there. I watched my dad struggle for nine years with his own business, and and uh, what did he do? He was a printer. Oh, oh really? Uh, like, he,
0: uh, like, like, like uh, just regular, uh, just printing paper. Yeah, printing, okay.
1: printing uh, brochures, flyers, brochures, business cards. Okay. Back, back before cool. you could just click your mouse and then yeah. it would show up at your door. There was actually work to be, involved. <laughs> yep, yeah,
0: before there was like cards that you can get like five thousand for five dollars, yeah <laughs> you know it's like
1: <laughs> I mean that literally put them out of business, but yeah. um, and people not paying their bills, but to <laughs> yeah, but to watch that it's I think it's carried over into my experience now, like you said, everything kind of builds yeah. into that melting pot of who you become mm-hmm. and uh i I wholeheartedly believe in that, you know support support your small business because um. You never know. I mean one, you never know when the big business is gonna just crank up the price for one. And you yeah. never know that um you may be supporting, you know, the next big shop. And um Yeah, I, don't I agree. Know, I don't I don't have the words to articulate why you should really do it other than there's people trying to feed their families. No,
0: it just makes sense. Yeah. That's just it. You know, I mean, uh there's been a couple of events, um, including the event that I actually met you at, where mm-hmm. people were giving me tips because they just saw me working so hard. And you know, all I was doing is just making a free product you were to, be, to, to give away. <laughs> and, and I, I literally walked away with my pockets full of cash and I'm just like, wow, this is so such a trip. And yeah, there's just this whole other side of the thought process that because things are free, it costs somebody money and somebody will think about that when they make good money and they work hard for what they make Mm -hmm. so there's going to be this thought that comes across them going hey you know what like nothing is free i mean you said it best just a um a while ago is that you walked in and had to say thanks uh or you know thanks to the owner of a company that actually held the event yeah because without that event you wouldn't have known about their shop and now you know and you might go and support and buy parts from them you know and so I just think that's great just to go out of your way just to say thank you to somebody is just it means so much more to that guy that feels like nobody sometimes is thankful for anything. You know what I mean? And then it takes you to put that reassurance into him going, oh, yeah, you know what? I do think that. People are very thankful for what I do or thankful for yeah. other people being alive and doing what they do, you know? That, that human element gets overlooked a lot, yeah. just like what you were saying before. It's... You can't take everything for granted, man. Yeah. I mean, I learned that, you know, through owning a business and just growing up, you know, you can't you can't let all the small little things get in the way anymore. You just yeah. gotta like keep trucking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Literally. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you could change one thing in the world, what would you change?
0: Oh uh, well. I think the one thing that makes it hard and difficult for me to do what I'm doing today is, uh, the amount of clothing companies or, or I guess the amount of people just doing a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just, I feel like there's so many things that need to be tackled in the world or need to be, uh, need to just, I, I guess, just, uh, paid attention to. Mm-hmm. And, um. I feel like nobody's, everybody's kind of taking the easy route and everybody wants to do what everyone else is doing. So to me, it gets aggravating because it makes it harder for me to do what I do, um, full time and for a living because there's so many clothing brands out there, whether or not they're successful or they're doing anything, um, is, is another story. But, uh, it's just, I, I feel like there's just an uh, there's just too many of everything out there nowadays, um, and this could go for anything, you know, like a coffee shop, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, the Mom yogurt shop is now, you know, a ton of other yogurt shops that are surrounding that one shop, <laughs> and hopefully the people in the community keep supporting that, you know, like we talked about, but uh, it just gets to be these chains, and people you know, jumping on the next bandwagon. And, you know, I had I have a friend that opened up her own cupcake shop and she has a, a, a third location she just opened and uh, she's doing really well for herself. But I think that even people come around and see what she's doing and see how successful she's doing. And she's she put a lot of work and a lot of energy and a lot of sleepless nights into what she does, just like any business owner. But I feel like if I could change anything, it would just be for me to um, I, I, in the past I used to give all of my knowledge and, and, um, anything that I learned along the way to everybody free. Mm -hmm. And if I could take all that back and not tell everybody and give everybody the, 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 you know, that, um, I I guess that out, that outlet of knowing what to do and what Mm -hmm. not to do.
1: Yeah.
0: I would go back and change that and just say, Hey, you know, takes a good couple trips on and and you to fall on your face before you get up and you figure out whether or not you want to keep continuing to do this. Um, You know, I was looking back on it last week and I, I have three employees out of probably 20 employees that I have ever had that have clothing companies now. Hmm. And they probably all saw what I was doing um, and what Def was doing and all just kind of took the easy route out. And Mm -hmm. now they all have companies and They're all pretty successful companies, you know, that are doing stuff today and they've just been around maybe in the last three years. Hmm. Um, And then we have a lot of fans of ours, of Tadai 4, that have clothing brands as well now. And um, I I don't know if I should take it as like a a stab to the back because I I gave a lot of these people a lot of information and Mm -hmm. and what, again, what to do and what not to do. Or did I inspire them, you know, and I, I hope I inspired them, but... I would have hoped that I would inspire them to do something different and, and take a different approach and do yeah. something creative and different than what they're doing today, which is pretty much just doing something else that someone else does with their, like, take on it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that goes, uh, that goes with art. Um, Everything, and I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just building cars, building motorcycles. Um, everybody sees what someone's doing and mimics it or takes it and... I feel like that's just one of the things that just gotten lost over all the years, you know. Um, you know, I was saying the other day, it's like there's, it's sad they'll never be another Beatles, another Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. another Rolling Stones, you two, but they're gonna be a million bands that kind of want to try to sound like them or dance like them or do what yeah. they look or or, or or copy their style or their, you know, uh, the way they they dress on stage, but. It's just, you know, it's just like the timing and everything. There was just less things back then and it was easier to do what you needed to do and make more of a uh, a campaign and, and build something around it and make it more successful where nowadays it's it's a lot harder. It requires a lot more brain power. Not that I don't enjoy that, but right. just takes it takes a lot more out of everything and everybody's jacked up prices over the years. And, yeah everything's just kind of gone up and up, up, up. And I feel like now it's like kind of like one of those things where it's kind of stabilized. And I feel like it's going to go complete opposite where things are going to like gas prices are going to start dropping, you Mm -hmm. know, and people are going to get smart and travel less and things are going to start happening, you know? So I feel like it's going to take a while, but I think after a while we'll start getting back to square one and trying to figure out who we are and what we want to do. You know, it's it's interesting
1: that you bring that up because I was just talking to an older gentleman, uh, who has seen a lot in his lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were talking about,
0: and what does he do? The bike builder? No, he's
1: actually, uh, farthest thing from it. He is, uh, he's actually my, my wife's, uh, grandfather. Okay. So, uh, he's in his eighties. Okay. Uh, he was the (laughs) singer. It was one of the singers for a band called the Hilos in the the fifties. Wow. Uh, forties and fifties. And like, you know, he was in the, the heyday of Hollywood. He was involved in all that. And, um, we were t- So we were talking about technology and how things are have evolved. He was telling me about this new uh, thing called Skype. And I just kind of <laughs> chuckled under my, my <laughs> breath. And uh, he was saying that, you know, this is amazing. I pick up my, my phone and, and I, I can dial this person and, and see their face and yeah. talk to them for yeah. free. Uh-huh. I don't have to use the telephone company. And I'm thinking in my mind, yep, but you're still paying your provider of your phone service. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, and you're paying, you know, the taxes and, and surcharges that go with that. Yeah, yeah. and um, so as we as we were talking he says you know someday it's going to be on your wrist or this and this and he kept going on and eventually the conversation pulled back to um while technology is awesome and it's it's freed us from having to go out and meet people face to face and do all these things i think the backlash to that technology Uh is going to be what you're seeing now where people enjoy going out meeting face to face with people yeah, we talk on Instagram, but then we we talk to hook up. You know, it's like, hey, um, I'm gonna go out for a ride for lunch. Anybody want to come? Yeah, you know.
0: No, you know, I I cannot agree more. It's like uh, my brother and his wife have a pug, and this pug is just like a superstar. You know, <laughs> and that's their kid because they don't have a kid. Yeah. And through Instagram and social media platforms. They've gotten to know other people that are pug owners as well. And now they're Skyping. They did their first Skype with another couple that invited them to Australia to meet and hang out and stay with them. And it's just like, it reminds me of old touring days where you stayed on people's couches and you're like, you just saw our band for the first time tonight. You don't even know anything really about us other than our music and our songs.
1: We like to sleep naked. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But you're inviting <laughs> us to, to stay your on house. your couch and you're going to make us food. That That's yeah. just back when you trusted and you knew and you're like, what could really go wrong? Yeah. You know, what could really go wrong? I'm going to trust these guys. I'd love to actually have them stay over. And then it saves you hotel yeah. cost and food and yada, yada, yada. But it like it's kind of getting back to that square one where – I mean, they had another couple that flew in from another state somewhere around and stayed in Palm Springs and then had them come to them and bring their dog, Kingston, to them because they didn't bring their dog. They flew. And it was like just getting together and meeting people (laughs) and meeting people because of their animals that are their kids. You know what I mean? And I just was like. The pug life. This is so funny. but amazing yeah you know because we're huge on our dogs you know yeah. we love i mean my my dog chopper is like our mascot for, for your, your for. dog's name is chopper chopper yes how yes. big is your dog what kind of dog is he's it? a boxer he's actually in my car are you serious <laughs> yeah, he's sleeping oh, right now man. he's in the car
1: i gotta meet him before <laughs> the interview's over. his
0: back legs aren't doing so hot um he's old he's 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 10 so when he when it's cold out and he's on the cement otherwise i'd bring him in but mm-hmm. he uh He just doesn't do so well. He's kind of he's kind of gotten really picky over the years. Not that he's like grumpy, but he's just gotten really picky where he's doing things because he just doesn't. He's not comfortable all the time. I guess you know. I I feel that way every morning, man. I get out of bed and I'm like,
1: oh jeez, again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like that scene from Up, you know, the old dude (laughs) gets out of bed and it's just like. Love that movie.
0: Love that movie. (laughs) I'm so, not even old yet. Yeah. I'm like, how old are you? I'll be forty this year. Forty, wow! Yeah. You got five years on me, man. <laughs> well, just, so you, you don't look forty at all. Uh, thank you don't God, look forty that's... at all, and you have three daughters. So three daughters. I reward you, <laughs> <laughs> reward you with like the hugest, when, hugest when, reward if
1: can get. When they hit thirteen, I'll put on ten years immediately. I know. <laughs> totally, I mean. totally. Yeah, that's like, hey, come on now. You're not in. You're not leaving the house. Yeah. <laughs> you seen my friends that boy is not coming over here
0: come on dad come on please come and, on and i'll fold
1: because that's the way I <laughs> yeah am. yeah well that's how all the dads are
0: especially you got three daughters
1: <laughs> we act tough and then when it's you know one-on-one we're big done. pushover we're done. big pushover man <laughs> before uh, before we say goodbye to jason i just want to take the opportunity first of all to thank you for coming in thank you um, appreciate it and second of all i, I want in. to promote your website which from the sounds of it, doesn't need much promoting. But <laughs> go check out to dieforclothing.com. It's a great site. In fact, it's one of the best looking sites I've seen in a long time. Thank you. Um, and check out the stuff that they got going on. Um, you'll probably see Jason uh, at various places, shows. Are you going to be at Born Free this year?
0: Yes, I am. Awesome. I am. We'll, we'll have a, a vendor booth there. And um, can't think of anything really else that we have coming up besides like maybe some group shows and stuff that Def has coming up. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and those things be on your blog?
0: yeah yeah awesome. I, I take care of all of our Facebook um, Twitter and Instagram and the blog and uh, so anything ran or done on there is all me. so like you I always keep it updated and like let people know a couple days or like usually a couple weeks in advance and then I do like a little follow-up reminder a couple days in advance of like an event or anything coming up for deaf or 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 the company.
1: Do you want to give out your the to die for Instagram?
0: Yeah, yeah. it's just at to die for. Okay. Um, and then our um, our Facebook is just facebook dot com slash for clothing, and Twitter is the same thing. It's at today for, and uh, yeah, that's it. die for clothing dot com is where you can find most of the blog posts. But I, I I we seem to put stuff up there not as often as we do the other things. Sure. Cause I feel like I can just throw something together on my weekend or on my night or whatever on my phone and just update something that quick. Cause that's, the just, that's the easiest. That's the, that's the beauty of technology. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I do the same thing. I got time to post a picture.
1: Done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, I want to try to get back to, so we're actually revamping a bunch of things with the site um, and kind of just stripping some things away and kind of redoing some things that we've been wanting to do for quite some time that we intended w- to do in the new year, but we just weren't able to do cause we had a really, really great holiday. But um, we are revamping a bunch of things. And uh, so I'll probably be doing more focused things that are on the blog, whether it's video, photos, interviews and things like that and stuff. So, I mean, awesome. I'll be posting this up on our Facebook and the blog as well, too. Cool. So,
1: well, yeah. we'll look forward to that. Definitely. Um, yeah. Again, thank you for being on the show. Yeah,
0: anytime. My pleasure. It was it's, great been it's been to great. You. <laughs> Thanks. Right, see you next time. Take care.